This week on Arcade Fire Sings the Alphabet, Signs of Life. Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Arcade Fire Sings the Alphabet. My name is Alex Pande, and beside me, well, not beside me, we'll get to in a second, but uh, across from me over the internet is the wonderful Owen Heaney. Hello! We are the only podcast on the internet that talks about every single Arcade Fire song alphabetically, one per episode, and uh, usually we say we're coming out of the recording studio and radio station at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, but uh, times have changed, and Owen and I, for the first time, are doing this over the internet because of social distancing and current circumstances. Owen, how are you? I'm good. I really miss our studio right now, the one that we use, but uh, I think we'll make do. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's different without Owen's smiling face beside me as I, as I read the opening monologue. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but uh, beside us virtually also this week, we are joined by the wonderful friend of the podcast, Sophie Galloway, host of the radio show Friday Night Fever. Sophie, how are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Fantastic. Finally, really happy that we were finally able to, uh, to get this going. Uh, now, Sophie, fan of disco, Arcade Fire, tell us about your show. Tell, us, tell the listeners about Friday Night Fever. So, Friday Night Fever initially started out as a passion project that was something I dreamed about when I first started university, and then I finally got the courage to make a demo with my friend Max, and we've currently, we're almost at a year. Um, Alex, uh, I don't know if you remember, you were actually in the very first episode of Friday Night Fever, which was great, and it was probably one of our better episodes that we've had. And yeah, we just play disco, R&B, lots of local Canadian stuff, lots of uh, content by women. And yeah, it's been really good so far. Yeah, I I do remember when when I was on. I mean, it's a great show for everyone who wants to listen to it. Uh, We can put a link into the episode description. But uh, I do remember one of the songs that we played was uh, Signs of Life. Yeah. Wow. Uh So this, yeah, Signs of Life, it has been, it's, we're really going full circle with this. Signs of Life on my show and now Signs of Life on your show. So here we are. Yeah, maybe Arcade Fire's most disco-y song. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, it's definitely up there for sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess we'll, we'll find, we'll find out as we get into it. But before that, speaking of getting into it, Sophie, Arcade Fire, when did you get into Arcade Fire? When did I get into Arcade Fire? I don't think I had so much of a a breakthrough moment, perhaps, as you both did, as I know you're both massive fans, obviously. <laughs> but I'd say I got into Arcade Fire um, just when you, I guess, when you kind of get into the whole, like, Arcade Fire, I guess, are essential when you're learning about, I guess, indie music and you're you're getting into that. Um, so I say I really liked them for a while, um, and then I saw them live. I, I think you were both there at the show at I think it was the PNE Amphitheater in like 2017. Did you guys October. go to that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You definitely went to that. Um, <laughs> October 24, maybe 15th. October 15th. Today's the 24th. Anyway, <laughs> that's very specific oh. and amazing that you remember there, that. There, Alice goes dating our podcast again. <laughs> There we go. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so I guess I saw them live then, and I really, that's kind of like when I got more into them, I'd say, after having seen them live. But yeah, yeah, not like you guys, like, not like, not a, not a, not a um, uh, massive, um, like, super fans like you both are, but I'm definitely a fan, I'd say, for sure. How would you feel being a Brit affects that? Because, I mean, as massive fans in, here in Canada, it's almost like, pushed into your face about how big of a Canadian band they are and their Canadian roots. Oh, yeah. But from a British perspective, would you, uh, would you... Well, I don't know. I'd say, like, I... Coming from... Like, not coming from Canada, I, w- I probably didn't even realize Arcade Fire were a Canadian band until I started getting into them. Um, I also neglected to mention that I did see Wynn Butler on, on a plane once in... Must have been 2000, 
2016 or 2015 and then that's when i kind of started to take notice of them more <laughs> how did say, you know it was him because you, you know it's him you know it's him <laughs> like i i mean i had listened to them obviously like i i like knew them i knew what they looked like i knew their sound i knew their albums and i just saw him on the plane and i was like yo you know when you have like a crazy random celebrity interaction this seems to happen to me like probably more often than it does to most people for some reason but yeah <laughs> like what type of fight like an international yeah, or like a... it was also, from... i've never heard this story before <laughs> <laughs> so it was from glasgow to montreal and it was in the summer that's all i can tell you huh and huh. did it look like he was traveling with the band or was it just him or it was just him and it was just like a commercial flight like it wasn't you did i don't know how arcade fire would fly but it was just a regular old flight i don't know if he sat business or not couldn't tell because i saw him when we were getting on the plane uh but yeah it's a I, random I have a bit. feeling like they, they that he'd take you know like a business or first class you know just being a yeah. large man myself as well like, <laughs> <laughs> you can relate yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah he was super tall i was like damn is he as tall as you? Do you know? Let's see how tall he is. I'm going to Google this. Do we know how tall he is? Let's say 6'5". Six, six, yeah, four. I'd say something like that. Okay, so it says 194 centimeters. That's about 6'5 six, or 6'4". Six, yeah. He's pretty tall. He's a Not tall as tall dude. as Owen, though. That's in our website. <laughs> <laughs> Got to have the heights in the website, like a yeah, Tinder bio or something. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the website to find more info. Arcade Fire Alpha. <laughs> just google Ar arcade fire scenes alphabet it'll show up yeah um but oh sorry oh and go ahead yeah just moving on with your arcade fire experience so there isn't one album specifically that you'd say you got into first then or would i would say if there if it had to be one album it would be uh i would say it would have to be neon bible um, because I just I have this really vivid experience of falling asleep in a car listening to that album and it was just incredibly pleasant and so I'd say that uh, when I first had you know when you just I think it was I'd like downloaded it or something just like you know stole it off the internet sorry Arcade Fire I didn't pay for it lol this was in the time when streaming was not a thing so I feel like I'm allowed to say that <laughs> um, but yeah, this is, I just remember, I think I was like with my parents on like a road trip somewhere and I just remember falling asleep to that album and I was like, damn, this is some good tunes and I need to know this band a bit more. Yeah. If I, if I had to say one album, it would probably be that one. Interesting. Interesting. Not, um, a, lot of, not a lot of disco on, on Neon Bible though. Well, I do like music, believe it or not, I do like music that isn't disco. <laughs> but... I guess going into that then, Sophie, tell us, yeah, what, what, are your, what are your top five Arcade Fire songs? Okay, so my top five Arcade Fire songs, I'll say number one, Keep the Car Running. Nice. And number two, Neon Bible. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Number three, Neighborhood Number One Tunnels. Mm -hmm. Number four, we exist sorry basic i know and then number five even more basic reflector you know like i don't think there is like <laughs> like basic i mean like maybe if you're just taking the top five off the most like stream spotify would be basic but okay. um i just think like i think like liking the hits is a good thing and that's what i like as well so it's yeah uh... yeah the hits are hits for a reason but also i don't i don't think i don't think we exist i mean maybe people will think other i don't think we exist as a basic choice necessarily if someone were to say like if someone said oh my top five are the most basic ones you would think of i would think okay top five in order wake up the suburbs everything now rebellion lies and mm. then uh sprawl to yeah something like yeah. that. yeah yeah fair okay it's not that basic i'll i'm, I'm happy about that <laughs> but you know just i don't know, like what songs you like and i mm -hmm. think that's a really Good mantra. I interesting like the amount of Neon Bible you like. That's I, I find that also interesting. I think Neon Bible really hits home with a slightly older mm. fan base versus like people our age. But yeah, it's been more mellow, isn't it? Like it's a lot. It's been more chilled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Should we get into the basic facts? Do you got any more questions, Alex? Lay lay them on us, so and lay them. Okay, on. here we go. <laughs> Signs of life. Basic facts. This is the third track on the band's most recent album, Everything Now. 
is the third single release for the album. It was released on June 30th, 2017, one month before the album. It has two additional producers on this song, Steve Mackey of Pulp and Thomas Bangletar of Daft Punk. The track is four minutes and 34 seconds long. It has 18 million streams on Spotify, making it the fifth most streamed song on the album. It is the 43rd most performed song with 55 live performances, making it tied with Modern Man. And the most recent performance was December 13th, 2017 in Lima. So less than a month after we actually saw it. And that is it. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. It was, as, as far as the singles from Everything Now went, you know, bluntly, this, this song was not greatly received by fans, by critics, like the album. I think a lot of people saw this one and loved it or hated it. Uh, I, Kevin Newen at Pitchfork wrote, with its sirens and chanty chorus, Signs of Life sounds like the early number in a forgettable off-Broadway show used primarily to establish that the city is gritty or something. And I think he's going for West End Girls, but it comes across a bit more like Flight of the Concords parody. Uh, yeah. Oh my god, Alex, can I just say, I literally pulled up that review and highlighted that sentence because I had to talk about that review. Yeah, <laughs> That's it's, so uh, funny. It's, wow. It, uh... <laughs> It's one of those that I think that in this particular case, this guy, uh, Kevin, Kevin Newen, that's a very well-written review. It's really evocative. Whether or not it has any grounding, we'll find on. But uh, the forgettable off-Broadway show, that's uh, The City is Gritty or something. I, I, I love that, just as a, <laughs> as, a, as a statement. I agree. It's, it's very, like, I... Okay, I initially, I did like the song and I started reading these reviews and I was like, you know what, maybe I don't like this song anymore. <laughs> you know, they were just so, that review was very on the nose. I just, I, I, I think it like, it makes them, I like the points I like is like what it makes about like LCD sound system and its relation to the song, even though, you know, the previous album was produced by them. Mm -hmm. And um, I think like, we'll get into it more as we go over the lyrics, but I think there's like value... And not like it's not a complete trash show. The, the entire review, but mm. yeah, I guess, I guess we'll we'll uh, we'll get. Does it deserve deserve the criticism? Is it is it misunderstood? Be ready to get into it. Yeah. All right. Well, well you wanna... do you want to talk oh. about the music video now, or we can talk about it later? Okay. It's pretty brief. Do you, brief, do you, like, do you have, the... have points now, or do you up to you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll just make some brief. It's like the music video was released along with the single on June thirtieth, twenty seventeen. It was directed by Jillian Meyer and Lucas Levia. It features uh, the video itself features two special agents who are a couple who are investigating clues left behind by the Everything Now Corporation. Um. Overall, I it's one of those things like I've obviously like seen the music video, completely forgot about it though. I would not mm -hmm. say it had a very like I don't know, didn't stick in my mind. Yeah, it's I find that it's a cool music video that ultimately doesn't make me remember the song. Like compared to the music video for Everything Now is I mean, pretty. It's just like the band performing the song in a cool setting, kind of thing. And then, but I think it's great for the song. And same with uh, Money Plus Love, where they were trying to do something. I feel like it's a bit more abstract connecting the song to the music video in this one. Yeah. I thought the music video was absolutely hilarious, honestly. When I watched it, there was times when I did laugh, and that might be weird, but there was. Do you, do you remember the bit when they I just thought it was hilarious and I thought it was really well done and I thought it was really like cinematic as well I don't know if you guys thought the same thing yeah oh yeah it's it's a cool music video uh like well produced like there's nothing like in that would let me think like oh they cheaped out on money or anything I think it was like well done and well produced but I wouldn't say it was memorable yeah fair yeah yeah my favorite bit was when they they ride off on the like the emergency boat and I'm just pulling this up now and it's the the, the boat is called Layin Pipe. Yeah. <laughs> it's just stuff like that in the music yeah. video that just made it really funny. I don't know. Yeah. I mean it, uh... it, it, it oh, sorry, feels very Miami in like the terms of like the, the directors are both from Miami. So I, 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 it feels very Miami. Mm, yeah. 
Well, I guess and we're going to get into it a bit later, but uh, they're saying what statement did they want with the song of it being flashy and over the top? And I, I guess we'll, we'll, get in, we'll get into the lyrics and talk about that sort of stuff later. Uh, oh, and you want to you take it away? Sure. Um, those cool kids stuck in the past, apartments of cigarette ash, wait outside until it begins, won't be the first ones in, spend your life waiting in line, you find it hard to define, but you do it every time. Then you do it again. What do you think about this song? I think this song is both. I think it should be hailed at certain points for having some great lyricism and thought and beyond surface layer kind of uh, storytelling and line work. But it also there's some parts of the song that are, have been just absolutely, I mean, torn apart in the review specifically and other online groups. But I think, I mean, those cool kids stuck in the past, it's, I think it's the most quoted line from this entire album of the infinite content era. Yeah. I, I think that when in this song, right out of the gates, he's coming swinging like this, this is a good first verse. Uh, It's it, uh, like musically it flows so nicely and like lyrically i I think this this is good like those cool kids stuck in the past right away were very reminiscent of last week with rococo of uh downtown and the modern kids and that sort of thing i think these are the same people uh that win is talking about of you know they're you're waiting out you're going from your cigarette smoky dirty apartment in the downtown of the city and you're going and you're waiting all night to be the first person into the uh into the show maybe you don't actually like the band that much but you're kind of doing it over and over and over again because there's not much else you're doing with your life uh and i think that's what win is saying here that there's you're waiting in line but you're never really experiencing it because you're not the band you're just waiting in line to see something and with all of that it's been a while since we've done an everything now song i mean it's been a while since we've done most songs with the breaks but i think that with this being at the beginning of the album on this album i hear this when win is saying like this is the theme where they're the band everything now arcade fire the corporation the sellouts the we are the best band who has ever existed and this is very much like even the people going to our shows don't like we don't care about we don't care about anything because we're the best and if you don't like our music like whatever like there's nobody's truly connecting nobody like nobody can even understand how good we are yeah, the the classic we're talking the first half everything now, you know, before the we don't deserve love. Yeah, before arc. thinking about what it all means. This is this is like peak ego in terms of the character, like like of the theme they're trying to show, this is peak ego. Yeah. What do you think, Sophie? Um I honestly everything you both said then just pretty much hit the nail on the head like I do now that you're talking about it like I think it is quite easy to take um you know that you're talking about the idea that they're trying to put through is kind of like a facade it's kind of easy to take that sort of like on the nose and sort of think like this is who they are now like oh they've changed or they've sold out but they're kind of making fun of that in the album aren't they mm-hmm. Yeah like they're kind of instead of saying like they're kind of accepting it, but they're also kind of making fun of it as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Truly this is, this is them embracing the joke and embracing all of the people that are saying, Oh, you sold out. You're just making dance music. Uh, You're, you know, pretentious better than thou a hipster band. Uh, And it's like, yep, you know what we are. (laughs) Well, one thing I found interesting, I saw this week, is the concept of in the concept of satire is like oh it's not really satire unless people can tell it's satire and so because like otherwise you're just contributing to the storm that you're trying to make fun of i think maybe the arcade fire can walk that line in terms of people think they can be overly pretentious or over egotistical in a way that's when it's truly satire but if the people can't tell that what they are satirizing exists it's like then they they just adding and like snowballing to this effect yeah which is i think i mean exactly what happened two years later now that 
by and large, I feel that the satire uh, went over a lot of people's heads, and that's not necessarily, you know, the fault of the people for not understanding it. It's it was it was a bit out there, and it was a bit like whole album thematically that the average person who's just listening to the songs on the radio isn't gonna pick up on. But I mean, you know, mm. fair enough. Maybe that's what they wanted. Maybe they only wanted people who were diving into it and spending a lot of time with it to to pick up the themes. I mean, maybe close reading that we're doing brings out what we want to hear. But I, uh, yeah, it's. You could say that I agree, Owen. That maybe, maybe it did. Maybe it wasn't as effective as it could to the masses because most people didn't pick up that it was satire. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'll take the chorus. Looking for signs of life. Looking for signs every night, but there's no signs of life. So we do it again. Looking for signs of life. Looking for signs every night, but there's no signs of life. So we do it again. What do you think, Sophie? Okay, so this bit, I actually got a bit confused because I feel like this is one of those songs where every time you, not every time, I guess, it just feels like the times that you listen to it, you think, oh, wait, maybe this means something else. Like, by signs of life, like, what does that mean? Is that, like, signs of life in, like, the city or in, like, a person or, like, a movement? I honestly wasn't sure. Um, And there wasn't much online that could really glean what that was supposed to mean. So I was wondering what you guys thought about that. My thing here is I think it's playing into the the band is like in a very Win Butler esque interview mood. Whenever he's like in the same way he's like nothing good on the radio. He's like looking for signs of life in music, and they're in the terms of I mean my my overall for the arc for the song is like when you hear the police sirens at the start of the song, and how it's about um it's it feels like there's a chase or there's an urgency to the song, specifically with its like fast like beat as well. How it's just continual and very quick mm. is that makes me think there's like an urgency to a search and they're like what are they looking for and here and like that what what i interpret as signs of life is like signs of life within the music like like something like substance behind it you know maybe like like a meeting and something more than just surface level in the music yeah. and in what's being performed like something that has a deeper meaning rather than something superficial maybe yeah 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 interesting huh i, I think i think it I, in my like i think it kind of ties back into the music video as well and like what what are those two uh agents in the music video what are they searching for like what are they what are they trying to find and it's like the, everything now corporations trying to stop them everything now corporations <laughs> trying to create this band that is just no substance but just like a a layer a veneer but like the the two agents are trying to search for something deeper and i think like that's what the song is like as well it's like they're 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 trying to find like signs of life something just a little bit deeper it's interesting on the um the genius lyrics page um the contributor has like annotated the first part of the chorus so like just looking for signs of life looking for signs every night but there's no signs of life and they said uh the lyric has a sci-fi vibe and uh, perhaps Arcade Fire are looking for signs of spiritual life because everyone in the club is dead inside, which is interesting. It's kind of similar to what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah, I think building off of both of those, uh, one, just from the perspective of the people going to the show, like you could say that this is uh, like in the first verse, when is, when is, or like, wins character is speaking but then you could say the chorus are the cool kids speaking that they're going they're lining up and looking for signs of life like i mean looking for a band or a song or like something like i want i want i read there's nothing i want more than a band that could just be my entire life but i've been looking and you know the stuff that they're playing now just doesn't it just does not do it for me. I, like all mm. I want is is to live, but it's I'm dying. I'm dying with this music they're playing. But also with Win and the band looking out into the crowd, and like you were saying, like there's no signs of life. No, nobody truly understands our music and and is connecting to what we're doing here. Uh, but it truly takes two to tango, and if the audience isn't necessarily receiving it. Uh, you know, might not be the right show. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see that as well, but it's uh similar. 
I mean, repetitive cycle from this whole album is like, ah, there's nothing. We're waiting in night. Every we're waiting our entire life, and we'll do it again, and again, and again, and again, and again. I think it's like what Sophie said at the start, right? Is like every time I read it, I get like a little different interpretation. I think even like all three of us have got a different interpretation right here too, but ties together in general. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So if you want, you want to take verse two? Sure, I'll take verse two. So it's first kiss tastes like cigarettes. Dead man walking, take your bets. Once again, you lost your friends around and around again. Those cool kids stuck in the past. Apartments of cigarette ash. Where are we going? Who did you ask? Those cool kids stuck in the past in a world of cigarette ash. Where are we going? Who did you ask? Who did you ask? It's really difficult not to like chant along to like the beat of how he's kind of like singing it when I'm reading out those lyrics because it's so like the beat is so strong and it's it's almost like poetic in a way when he's like reading it out. Like I kind of feel like I should be like thinking about the like the inflections and stuff while I'm pronouncing that. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean, Sophie. Just the way he kind of it, it rolls off his tongue. Uh, it rolls off of yours tongue. What, so what do you think about this verse? I think about this verse. So according to the Pitchfork writer, not that we are basing our analysis of the song from this review, but he says that this is where the song picks up and like finds itself. And honestly, I kind of agree, but it does hark back to that. I honestly can't get it out of my head um, about the Broadway show. <laughs> do you know when he, when he said that this was yeah. like, this is like a Broadway show. And I was like, you know what? I, I feel like, yeah, it kind of is. It's a little bit, it's a little bit theater. It's a little bit theatrical, like musically. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, I never noticed that. And then as soon as I read that review, I'm like, huh, you know what? Maybe this guy's right, which sucks, but I don't know. What do you think? I, uh, I think this, yeah, this is, this verse is still pretty good. I think that here, it's disjointed from line to line of when describing one night of one of these people who's going out and it's like a long in the city dancing sweaty meeting people night and like the first kiss tastes like cigarettes i think it's like the first person that you're making out with that night or kissing that night wherever it is you're ending up like the first kiss tastes like cigarettes and you are the dead man walking and you just lost all your friends you know where are your friends tonight mm -hmm. again yeah. and again and again and again and then going into the back into the we are the cool kids and nobody really knows oh where are we going oh i hear this place is actually pretty good and let's leave here this, this place sucks let's actually go to this bar or this concert because it's better than where we're at uh but nobody actually really wants to go to any one of these places they're all just like uh yeah let's get out of here this sucks that'll be better um where are we going oh who said we were going to go there oh who was oh who's coming like you don't want to commit the eternal maybe uh of oh where are we going oh who's coming mm, yeah, actually no it's not going to be that i'm not going to go like this, I mean, this, I think this verse perfectly encaps encapsulates like the idea of seeking personal fulfillment through a night out. Mm -hmm. It's like the complete mm -hmm. disorientated, like it's a disorientated night from like each line. And I mean, I think the dead man walking, take your bets is a classic, like among a group of fans, it's like guessing on who's going to like not do so well in taking their alcohol. Um, but I think also, yeah, like I think a lot, all the points you said are valid. And like it's stealing a bit from the next like bit, but like the so we do it again. It's like every night you're going to these bars and you're looking for the self fulfillment out there and and looking for the signs of life. And yet the thing is, you don't find it every night. You still don't find it, but you still do it again every time, hoping for a different result. I think that's like the a lot of this thing is like every night is every like every night's the same in terms of it's like oh like where'd your friends go? Oh, what happened here? What happened there? And every night you're still, it's like you're repeating the same pattern searching for something but you never manage to find it i do feel like this verse particularly is probably like the essence of the song yeah. um like i did i feel like this is probably like if it was gonna have a thesis this would be it um like i i did especially like the first two lines uh, or the first i'd say maybe like two to four lines they were definitely one of my favorites in the song um like the dead man walking take your bets i thought that was really clever 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... I mean, like, the themes of this can almost be, like, an early Arctic Monkeys, like, mm. album song, right? In terms of just, like, the writing of, like, what 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 is what is truly a night out and what yeah. like, what's the deeper underneath it but yeah like whatever people say i am that's why i'm not and then the album before that it sounds yeah i get that for sure yeah. were you guys big arctic monkeys fans as well uh you know like uh, not as much as arcade fire but you know yeah alex, alex yeah. really is not much but yeah i don't i don't love them i've tried no. i've tried i mean like do i want to know that's a that's a bop but i <laughs> haven't been able to get into their other stuff but huh. i yeah definitely agree thematically i was gonna say that this is the kind of verse that like this sort of theme this is like from a strokes album or from LCD yeah, yeah sound yeah. system i mean of that like new york big city sound and it's interesting of getting like not just what music do i expect and do i want when i listen to arcade fire or when i hear that they're putting out a new album what sort of themes am i expecting and an analysis that it's lonely going out in the city with your friends isn't necessarily what you would expect from arcade fire up until this point you know mm. it's 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 the kind of thing a lot of bands do very well i don't mean and this is this is good too but it's uh like they don't really this isn't the kind of thing that would appear on any other album mm-hmm. <coughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> but like what i think what the pitchfork writer hits really well, <coughs> well is that this song could be an lcd sound system song even <coughs> sorry <coughs> sorry um now we go oh jeez um, are you good you okay <laughs> i just yeah but um the song could be an lcd sound system song even though like the last album was the one that was produced by james murphy because it has all of his like signatures of could it be cl- played in a club like are you trying to do that can people chant mm-hmm. along with it and does it beneath all of it is there this idea of searching for what does music mean and what's the substance between being an artist and stuff like that all being laid on top of being a club hit that people can sing along to mm. if I, it feels very like when, when we're talking about it like it's relation to like disco anyway it feels like you couldn't call this even like a disco song i would call it like if anything like neo disco or like post disco like it because it has that kind of like sadness and that kind of like i don't know maybe not sadness maybe like melancholia perhaps yeah. i don't know how yeah not not sad but you know just a bit sort of like gritty i suppose to borrow the word from the review um yeah no for that reason i feel like you couldn't call it a disco song i think you'd call it post or neo disco I, yeah, in boiling it down to an emotion, I mean, it's interesting, I, I never really thought of, I guess it was not as big of a, not as into into disco, but never thought of that the, so what you're saying, disco has to be happy? Disco is like more honest, you know, mm-hmm. like disco kind of says what it's feeling, like you have sad disco songs, that, and you have kind of like happy disco songs, whereas this is kind of like more like a judgment on a feeling, I suppose. yeah. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. I think that a big difference between, say, LCD sound system and this, maybe not the strokes in this, but LCD sound system in this, is that Wynn isn't necessarily sympathetic to this character in this song. It it, it does seem very bitter. Um, yeah, I, I think that's it's, a super. It's not valid like, point. like I like. Oh, I can't find my friends tonight. Uh, you know, this I'm spinning out of control and I'm sad and I, 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 you know, I don't really know where my life is going. This is like criticizing and very, like I said, bitter about this lifestyle and these people. Yeah, which is perhaps what a lot of people couldn't get over because at again at the very surface level, this might be an analysis of of that but it sounds like a criticism yeah 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 so it sounds like he's almost like kind of like not sneering but judging maybe Mm -hmm. yeah yeah all right Um, uh sorry i'll go ahead yeah i'll continue and uh i'll go into the next verse as well just because like uh, so looking for signs of life looking for signs every night but there's no signs of life so we do it again 
looking for signs of life, looking for signs of life, looking for signs every night, but there's no signs of life. So we do it again. My favorite, my favorite part here, <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, sometimes Sunday, love is hard. Sex is easy. God in heaven. Could you please me? You think you invented life. You found it hard to define, but you do it every time. Then you do it again. Um, right off the bat, I think uh, most people when choosing to critique <laughs> everything now as an album choose to specifically rip into yes. the rapping <laughs> of the days of the week. I mean, first off, to call it rapping is like, I don't know. If I, it's like chanting. It's just <laughs> quick saying the words. I wouldn't call it rapping. I think that's a little overblown by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I don't like, I, I'm not one of the haters on the, on, on the days of the week. I think it's fine in the song. I like it. <laughs> what, what do you guys think on, on the days of the week? It does feel a little bit like filler. I must say it does. I can't really, I can't quite get over that. It's sort of like the song could could have, could absolutely continue on with its meaning without having those lines, which I feel like does kind of make them irrelevant. I don't know. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I think that this verse is where it falls off for me. Uh, it, like, I understand what, what, point is and thematically this i think the question is not as much what is he trying to say but how did he say it and was it the most effective way and it it doesn't lack nuance for a band that loves nuance this this verse does not lack nuance (laughs) i think that yeah it in a song so full of specific detail this also this verse I find is a bit more like broad statements that kind of mean nothing. Uh, like the line of the God in heaven, could you please me or love is hard. Sex is easy. Like, like, like what does that, it, it seems like, like over the top and, and, uh, and like some fortune cookie kind of, yeah. Wisdom. Like it, it, it seems like it's deep, but it, it, it isn't like, what does, what does that even mean? And, in, in the, even in the context of the song, we could say like, oh, you know, yeah, these people are going out every night of the week. I mean, almost every night of the week, sometimes just Sunday. Oh, Sunday, you know, maybe they'd be going to church or God in heaven the next verse. Or like, oh, yeah, you know, it's hard to build relationships. It's easy to go out and hook up. But I, I don't think that, I mean, we could deep read all we want. I don't think that this is a very effective verse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think to like the references to God in the in the fourth line? Because that seems to be like it's it's like references to gods happened before in other arcade fire songs. So what do you guys think of this? Yeah, uh, in I, like I said, I think it's just kind of a throwaway line. You think nothing, yeah. nothing too meaningful in there. Yeah, I I don't like you. I mean, I could I I'd I'd love to look at this and say, oh, God in heaven, maybe they're they're deifying the bands on the stage that are giving them life. Could the band or or the band is deifying the audience saying, oh, could could you give me life? Could you please me? Uh, But I it doesn't it doesn't really do it that much for me. Yeah. Do you know some one thing I think of when I read this verse specifically is like, I've been listening to um, I Want to Be Sedated by the Ramones quite a lot in my quarantine time. And I feel like <laughs> this song is kind of, this verse specifically is kind of evoking like the the feelings, like the kind of mood of that song. You know, when they're like 20, 20, 24 hours to go, I want to be sedated. And then having like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then being like, you know, all these kind of like really kind of like blank statements which should be meaningful but then like aren't i feel like there's kind of like a rough parallel between those two songs yeah yeah i think that uh we'll get to musically in a little bit but there is the classic question of does a good pop or dance song have to have great lyrics and there are certainly cases where i think that yeah, it's a dance song. It's it's not supposed to be deeper. Like like it's not that's not its main thing. But I think that in this case, like this verse compared to the rest of the song is not as strong and I'm not going to forgive it for uh 
it's a dance song. It's it's not supposed to be that deep. It's supposed to be surface level. At least at least for me and what I'm getting out of it, I can do that with other songs. I can do that with... Uh, but this strikes me as not an attempt at writing straightforward pop lyrics. This is... I think Wynn could, could, could do better. And I think, it's, I think it's, it's, it's one that starts off strong and like the fact that you set that expectation and then it, <laughs> then you hit this part and it's like, okay, well, I don't know. Again, for me, it doesn't make it unlistenable, but it's just not. Mm. It doesn't hold up to what the the caliber of the song should be. And I think that it's an easy thing to point at, like you said, Owen, when you're criticizing the album. Like everyone, everyone who who dragged this album uh, brought up this, and I think it's a very easy thing to point out that is not indicative of the strength of even the rest of this song and the rest of the album. I think that when you look at like. We talked about chemistry. I mean, I've talked about chemistry in quite a while. But if you look at that, where that is one where I think, yes, on purpose, Win is writing lyrics that aren't necessarily supposed to be, you know, the words of God. They're they're just uh, fun pop lyrics. I think it's tough when that is supposed to be like that. And this one where it's just, I don't think that he's... Uh, necessarily trying to write as deep as as not deep lyrics here i think this one just falls short it does genuinely feel like arcade fire aren't allowed to like aren't allowed to like write like a fun stupid pop song you know like judging by the reaction from like of that song specifically and the album uh from the fans and from like the community i guess it feels like this was kind of their attempt at doing something like that and they just kind of got shot for it like people were just not happy I mean, I, I would say almost even more chemistry was their attempt at that, even more than this. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, but I think that's a really valid point. Like we have songs about such stupid, stupid things, and like you know, by other people, obviously not by Arcade Fire. And then Arcade Fire try and write songs like Chemistry or like uh, Signs of Life, and it's just not very, it's just not well received. Do you think yeah. that they do you think that they should be allowed or should Win Butler be <laughs> deploying his like artistic brain into his music 24/7? No, I think they should be able to do whatever you want and I I, I don't think chemistry is that bad of a song especially now <laughs> 2 years later. Uh but I think that there's a difference in again how it's perceived. Like you can't be claiming that it's genius when it's just a pop song and i think it i think the mixed message and the overall theme of the album got got kind of lost yeah is everything now how do you guys rate everything now generally speaking like within the the context of all of arcade fire's music is this like your top album or your least favorite album like where how do you how do you see it well on a on on a different show uh where owen and i were interviewed and talked about our top albums of the decade i I put everything now as my number one album of the decade because at least for me in terms of my maybe it's it's not my number one arcade fire album but it started this podcast it came at a very turning point uh place in my life and it's an album that means a lot to me uh but I don't know. I don't. I can't really say. For me, other than the EP, I can't really say. I like th- this one is better than the other one, uh, but I like it a lot. Owen, I think Alice had a lot of really valid points there. It's about what that means to you versus like whether it's like an inherently better album. I mean, I love ranking the albums, but like I think it changes weekly which one's my favorite mm-hmm. so other than like Alice says other than the ep everything can kind of go up and down right so um I, but i don't know it's like I, it, I, it's 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 there's been times where i've thought everything now okay not that often have i thought everything now is my favorite album but like in, like there's so many metrics it's like is it in terms of listening to is it in terms of like is it like in terms of just goodness but I I I think I also had a lot of valid points. I, I in terms of albums, I want to listen to every day. If there's like one out, al- if I put an album on every day, I'd put it like I think right in the middle. But. Right. Interesting. It's so like easy to listen to. Yeah. It is easy listening. Yeah, yeah. It's like good, solid, 
indie pop, mm-hmm. indie rock, you know, it's yeah. there. It's it's very easy, okay. which I think people sometimes have problems with. Anyway, yeah. sorry, what were we on to next? Looking for signs of life? Alex, do you want to take it? or? Sure, yeah, I can take it all the way to the end. Looking for signs of life. Looking for signs every night, but there's no signs of life. So we do it again. Still looking for signs of life. Looking for signs of life. Looking for signs of life, but there's no signs of life. So we do it again. Those cool kids stuck in the past in a world of cigarette ash. Where are we going? Who do you ask? Who do you ask? Looking for signs of life. Looking for signs every night, but there's no signs of life. So we do it again. Looking for signs of life. Looking for signs every night, but there's no signs of life. So we do it again. Still looking. Looking for signs of life. Signs of life. Still looking for signs of life. Signs of life. Looking for signs of life. Looking for signs every night, but there's no signs of life. So we do it again. Looking for signs of life. Looking for signs every night, but there's no signs of life. So we do it again. Mm-hmm. I have I have, a, I have a question okay. about the future of Arcade Fire. Okay. And people saying, oh, they're very LCD sound system influenced or Daft Punk influenced or whatever it is you want influenced. And my question is, do you think Arcade Fire will ever really really lean into a sparse lyric dance song so say you talk about lcd sound system you have a song like all my friends or new york i love you or or maybe not new york i love you but all my friends or like dance yourself clean the biggest hits uh but they're very very lyrically dense yeah but then you have like sound of silver where the yeah. whole song is just the Sound of Silver Talk to Me makes you want to feel like a teenager until you remember the feelings of being a real-life American teenager, then you think again. Just that over and over again. Do you think when can I mean, ever... Signs of Life reminds Sorry, me more... Ahead. Signs of Life reminds me more of Sounds of Silver yeah. than it does of All My Friends, for sure. Definitely. I, so the question you're asking is... Do you think they could ever more could signs fully of life let go of lyrics and write a, a one-sentence that-is-the-song song? Yeah, I can see it. Yeah? Yeah, I can see them going that path. I mean, I think... I They say it in the pitch... I mean, man, we're giving him so much free uh, Kevin recognition Ewing. here. He says, the band is less concerned about what they're saying versus what they sound like. And I think... like, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's completely true. I think, like we say, they say a lot in everything now as an album. and uh, But I think... In their ideal world, does the band see themselves from here on out playing big stadiums where people just dance and have a good time and sing along? Because if that's what they want, then moving towards a, a Sounds of Silver, Signs of Life music for their next period is kind of like what I would see them doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd honestly say, like, judging by the trajectory of everything now, like, I could definitely, like, see them, as you said, Owen, like, moving on to something like that. But I would honestly wonder if Wynn Butler would be, would have been impacted by just the level of criticism that everything now received. Like, it was such a mixed bag. I feel like people either loved it or hated it. And I guess that's just how he would have reacted to that, perhaps, about where they're going to go next. I don't know. What do you think about that? I mean, I think that I mean, when we talk about songs on Reflector, when reacted very hard to criticisms of the suburbs, and that was mild. I mean, that one album of the year, and when dove in on Reflector about misunderstanding and being isolated. Uh, but I think that since that, he's uh, matured. I think it's going to be, when the next album comes out, it's going to be almost 10 years from uh, from that point. I think when this may be their worst received album, but I think that it's also their latest and they're the most mature. And it seems like they all kind of took it in stride and said, well, people are dancing at the shows and people are having a great time at the shows, even if the people who once praised it don't like it some people do like it and we still like making the music i i, I don't think it hits gonna hit him as hard as criticism did 10 years ago Interesting. yeah yeah i agree i think uh like now that they've kind of had their own success and they've dealt with it now they're 10 years on i think how what they what people say about their music will have less effect yeah, and 
you know, I think they could do a very, very good job on a Sounds of Silver kind of song of just a one line. Like, if you think of what are the lines that stick with you from any of these albums, like, I can't think of any at the moment, but uh, even if it was, even if it was like, we don't deserve love, which we'll get to in a couple of weeks, a couple of months, but even if, if like just that line and one other, just we don't deserve love and one other sentence and that's all he says in the whole song and it was just I think they could some sort of symphony I, I yeah I, I think they could do it very very well mm-hmm. but uh, uh, speaking of symphonies you want to talk about the music of this song going Sophie? sounds good I, so I, like, I mentioned some of these things already so I'll just kind of recap them but I think the, the song constantly pushes forward it's like not really taking time to breathe at all and it's um, that kind of like makes it feel the searching the running they have the helicopters and the sirens and it all adds to a very for a song that is sound happy ish it has like an urgency to it um, I think the the man like the mixes of the horns and the synths and the violin as a pop instrument. I think it's all pretty new and I, I think um, impressive. And uh, I think hand clapping overall overrated though. <laughs> what, what what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, the hand clapping is very cheesy. Definitely, yeah. it's it's like very. I thought yeah, perhaps like a little bit much. Um, honestly, this song is one of those songs that I listen to and I'm like man someone could do a really great remix of this do you know what I mean yeah like someone like I feel like it's got it's got legs but it didn't quite get there as to where it could be like I feel like this could be such a this song could have so much more if someone if it just had a different feel that was just slightly less corny <laughs> you know what I mean yeah 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 um, I, I, I I think it I think it stands on its own musically. I think it's so so tight, and I think it's tight and a you can see the Daft Punk influence. I think the biggest part of that is when the music and the melody and the sirens all kind of blend together around three quarters into the song before going back into the chorus. Like I, if there is a drop, you could say that that's the point, but. People who say that, oh, they had a very heavy-handed Daft Punk influence, I don't think so. I think a very heavy-handed Daft Punk influence would have been, like, instant crush, but win on the lead vocals. Uh, Because Daft Punk do have a lot more pop, at least, I mean, if we're talking about recent, like, random access memories. I think Win Butler could have have done instant crush, and it would have been just as good. It would have been different, but uh, uh, I think that you can tell that um, Daft Punk, uh, Thomas, I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name, had his fingers in here, his robot-covered fingers, but I think that it does, it's very arcade fire, everyone's doing something, and I, I like I like the clap drums, I like the synths, I like the <laughs> ba-da-da, 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 ba-da-da. I think, I, I think this is really strong musically, and one of their best examples of we can write a dance song. I agree. What do you think? I agree. I think, um, like, like, I mean, I think I, I don't know. I still think that the, I mean, I think it's a good dance song. I think that's very tight. I still think that the hand claps are cheesy. I think disco in general is cheesy, though. <laughs> oh. So, so no, I think. It, oh. I mean, it's not a bad thing. I don't think like, that's. Not, I'm not trying to like rip into. I just think there's like certain elements of disco. You can be like, it's like watching like old like movies of that era as well there's like some things that you look back on now and you think yeah that's okay. a little cheesy but that, that doesn't make it, it any less own it it yeah. kind of owns it you know like it's sort of like this is the way it is but do you think that owning the cheesiness translates well in this so- in like this song specifically i'm not sure i think it's a little bit it seems a little bit self-conscious somehow i don't I, know uh, i think it does handle the cheesiness well owen uh when I said I, I like the clap drums on this song, but, you know, we we go to a lot of shows. I really do not love audience clapping along at shows. I find it so cheesy. Like, it's, <laughs> it, and yeah, for, for in me in that regard, I almost like yeah, it almost plays into that, that it's 
like the audience clapping along i find yeah no better word than cheesy and disco does have a big part of that i don't dislike the clap as a percussion element but like if you're using a, a clap uh like like a, i mentioned do i want to know earlier on like if you're using that just as the sound but i don't love the audience like to a song <laughs> that shows like i yeah i find it so cheesy and so like ugh. just too okay. too much happiness going around you know too much yeah. Too much corny. Do we want to get into metrics then? Sure. Uh, Sophie, you know how we do this? Tell me, how do you do this? So uh, I guess, oh, and you're, you're usually go first. You can, you can explain and then. So basically we yours. choose uh, lyrics out of the song and we give it a metric or rating. Our rating system is where uh, it's out of five, but a 2.5, if you give a song 2.5, that's like the average Arcade Fire song. So not ranking in relations to every single song that's ever been written, but instead to the Arcade Fire discography. So, I mean, for example, we've given some songs like Rebellion Lies and Got a Five, and we've done that, right? No, we haven't. Oh, JK. Uh, yeah, we have. And then um, then we give in other songs like a one or something, for example. Right. So my metric for this is days of the week. So um, I'm and I'm giving it three days of the week out of five. Three out of five. Huh. Interesting. What, so, yeah. what knocks it down from being a, a, a four? And I guess what bumps it up from being a two, Owen? For me, why I place it there is I, I think this lifts everything now the album up uh i think it is um easy listening i enjoy it it's i think it it, i I, what drops it down from a four is i think lyrically it's slightly inconsistent in terms of what it's trying to say i think musically i think it's good and easy to listen to but i think it could be a bit better so that's my three out of five arcade fire ranking yeah, fair enough. Sophie? Honestly, I hate to say it, I, I honestly think I might give it a two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I might give it a two. Honestly, do you know, the, the times when I've been playing this song just kind of like around, uh, you know, just having a very casual listen, I've really enjoyed it. But the more we started to pick it apart, the more I kind of drifted away from giving this like a three or a four. Uh, so I definitely say I give it a two after looking at it through, um, like with the magnifying glass, as we have been doing. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, doing this, you find that you'll either love it or hate it. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is definitely just yeah. It's I just can't get some of the parts. I just can't get over. Um, I just yeah. I, I can't get over the days of the week really. Like. Yeah. I think yeah. a lot of people really didn't like the song. I mean, if you if you look, uh, if you if you look on like uh, old old Reddit threads in the Arcade Fire subreddit or any sort of thing like that, where you just see people's comments on it, a lot of like TBH didn't like this one at all, or TBH did anyone else find this one just suck? I feel like a lot of people didn't like this. Yeah, it's a shame though, because I I do definitely feel like maybe perhaps this is just my mood at the moment being self-quarantined and whatever, but I do genuinely feel like I would waver somewhere between a two and a three. Well, yeah, what do you think, Alex? I, uh, I, you know, was back and forth here. And Owen, I'm, I'm with you on your metric. Mine was how many sometimes Sundays, and I have... (laughs) Three and a half, sometimes Sundays out of five. Nice. Uh, for me, I, I, I do. I like this a lot. It's good. It's fun. I think musically, this is a four and a half. But lyrically, it, I, I think that it, it's, it's, it's tight. It contributes to the album's thesis and themes, but it doesn't do a whole lot for me personally. This isn't one that I turn on and can connect to what he's saying and feel and maybe that'll change in my life but even something like creature comfort there's a bit in there where it's like huh this applies to my own life but this one i find i don't connect with it that much and so three and a half that's still a pretty high rating because i love it musically like musically like i said i'd give this a five maybe four and a half but 
I personally don't connect as much with the lyrics. And so in my personal opinion, personal rating, three and a half out of five. Sounds good. It's a strong Arcade Fire song, but yeah, not okay. everything's going to be a five. Well, mm. Sophie, do you have anything you want to plug now? I guess other than uh, tell the people where could they listen to Friday Night Fever? Oh, wow. So plugging the show, plugging the pause, you can listen to Friday Night Fever on CITR 101.9 FM. Uh, we broadcast bi-weekly on Fridays from 10 till 11 a.m. So not Friday nights, but maybe one day we'll have our spot back. Who knows? Some of them that'll be Friday night. One, one day we will go back to being Friday nights. For now, we're Friday mornings. Um, if you can't tune in on 101.9 FM, so I assume many of you don't live in the Vancouver local area, uh, you can also listen to the show on www.citr.ca. Awesome. Yeah, we'll put a yes. link in the uh, episode description for that well, as well. Well, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, Alex Sophie, thanks so much for, for, for being on. I, 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 had, I had a blast. And thanks for bearing with us on our first virtual recorded episode. Oh, yeah. it's, been a, it's been a wild ride, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Is this what all your uh, podcasts are going to be like for this foreseeable future? Yeah, the for virtual the foreseeable record? future. Wow. Yep. Well, stay safe, everybody. Wash your hands. Stay indoors. That's my, those are my final remarks for now. Uh, but thank you very much for having me. And I hope to see you both soon. <laughs> yeah, we hope to see uh, you, you too, Sophie. And yeah, to all listeners, thanks, thanks for listening in. Uh, and we'll see you next week with uh, Speaking in Tongues. Owen and I are actually going to be, the next month is going to be all suburbs themed here. So, Sophie, thanks again for, for coming on. And we'll see everyone next week. Bye. Bye.